Hello, listeners, and welcome. We're going to do another conversation piece today. As always, this is Brad. And this is Scott. And this is not about us. All right, Scott, here we go again. We're going to do another conversation piece. You know, way back when we were planning all these podcasts and things that we were going to do, this one I thought, are we, this one, we'll record some, maybe use some, probably throw out a bunch of them because we're not that interesting. <laughs> yeah. But so far, we have uh, uh, we've done one pretty much every week. And uh, we've always gotten something out of it. And that's, I just feel like it's that Sabbath. It's, uh, we're really yeah. letting the Spirit do the work because we're not interesting, but uh, God and the Spirit Amen is. Amen to that. <laughs> but uh, in order to get this one off on the right track, let's, uh, if you don't mind, let's do an opening prayer and an invitation to the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you. Yahweh God, I just, I thank you right now. I thank you and I praise you. Yahweh God, I want to thank you for second chances. Uh, As Brad said, we both find ourselves uh, boring and and we wonder, why would you listen to us? Uh, Anybody, I'm talking to you, God. Sometimes, why would you listen to us? Why would you care? But the listeners too and... God, it just, it's kind of made me think about not just how boring I am, but how messed up I've been in my life and how many wrong turns I've taken. And thank you for never walking away from me and not letting me come back. I just, I thank you for repentance. I thank you for forgiveness. I thank you for the love that said, I'm going to die for you even when you hated me. I'm going to do what it takes to get you back even while you were hurting me. Uh, I I just thank you for that. That's, and I guess I'm going to leave it with that. That's just what's on my heart right now. Thank Hallelujah. you. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord Yahweh. Thank you for that, Scott. Yeah. There's, it's so true. I uh, I just counted. Um, some of these still need to be edited and uh, put out there. But we have uh, this will this one right here that we are currently recording is our 48th podcast. This is uh, September 25th, 2020, by the way. And I gotta say, I I didn't think I was interesting enough to <laughs> do more than a couple. I knew the yeah. studies would be, um, those would be good because, you know, we were studying the word, but uh, quite a few of those co- uh, those podcasts have been conversations or topics or just other things, and and uh, we've been giving testimony after testimony and, and trying to give as much glory to God as we can, and it just amazes me that we still got stuff to talk about. Yeah. You know? I do. I feel the same way. Sometimes I come in and I go, well, that's it. We've used up our conversation topics. We're done. What are we going to say now? And then it just starts happening. 
And really, I thought the conversation would just turn into more studies because I thought eventually we're just going to use this more like a topic one, too, because mm-hmm. it's just not that interesting. But I think where a lot of it's coming from is just the spirit is needing us to talk about certain things that are happening uh, right now um, in the world. Um, it's telling us that we need to share testimony because, you know, as you and I agree, uh, we are definitely in the season. Yeah. I don't necessarily uh, know if it's 10 years, one year, 50 years. We don't necessarily know that because no one does. But right. But we have a pretty good idea of where we are. And so I do feel like Spirit's been helping us um, get some stuff out there, information. And and I can see that we're actually we're getting some results. People in other parts of the world are listening to it. And, and that just amazes me. Um, on that note, Uh-oh. on that note, uh, missing your phone. <laughs> no, Kate <laughs> took it. Oh, 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 phone got stolen by the wife. <laughs> but, uh, that's that, our part of the marriage vows. <laughs> you, yes. you know, you agreed to that. Uh, yes. <laughs> and she will have the phone. Right. What was hers is hers, and what was mine is hers. <laughs> that pretty sure that's how it worked. <laughs> but uh, well, you um, wrote your own. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, but I was gonna look it up. I just noticed uh, uh, today. Today I had a day off, and I was just doing podcast stuff all day long. Got some stuff edited. Was messing around with the website, um, looking into some of the analytics and whatnot, and. Just today, um, it was somewhere here in Iowa, but uh, someone was listening to one Revelation study back to back to back to back, and I just wanted to say, well, thank you for that. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. pretty awesome that you know you listened through one and you didn't turn away. <laughs> <laughs> because believe it, believe us, we always expect you to. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, sometimes we even tell you, don't stop listening to us. Go to yes, another website. That's right. <laughs> why, why did you guys never get uh, very big and popular? Well, because we kept sending our business elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, it's true. If, if, if there are sources out there that can explain truth to you better than we can, oh, please go for them. But if you are finding truth here, if you are finding something yeah. uh, that is helping you or blessing you, then, oh, Thank God for that. Yeah, if we know of sites that are are better than ours, we're gonna lead you to them. And on that note, starting with number one and going through 50,372, here's our list. (laughs) No, just kidding. (laughs) Um, No, no, absolutely, Brad's right. Uh, This isn't about us. Never want it to be about us. And if it becomes about us, we're gonna be the first ones that kill it. So um, on, did you have anything else you wanna talk on that note? Or I was gonna say, what's on your mind to talk about, Brad? <laughs> I think just that. I think your I think your opening prayer just kind of opened something there. Oh, just okay. the the feeling of um I'm not that interesting. I'm not you know, I'm not Yeah. I'm I'm and that's And the cool thing is it's a good feeling. Yeah. It, because any success that comes out of this is not attributed to us. I I I embrace it. I really do. I appreciate the fact that I know my history, and like I was talking about, I, I'm, I feel like I'm boring, 
and I'm worthless uh, as far as what I have accomplished on my own, what I have, the, the sins that I've committed, the, the, the wrongdoings, the, the just walking away from God in my life. Uh, I feel like, no, if this, if this was about me right here, right now, it, it would be truly not touching anybody. And, and Brad's right. We're not lifting up the people that are listening to say, hey, how great we are. But it amazes us that when there are people that listen and when they stick with us and, and, they, and we see that they go right down the line and watch all of them, it humbles us because we know we're not doing that. That it can't come from us. It can't. I, I'm trash. I'm, <laughs> I belong in the gutters, and that's that's the thing that I that I really hope that I get out there. You, I'm gonna be. I'm not being mean. I'm not being judgmental. But you are trash too. We're all trash. Yeah. We're all sinners. We're all we're all just every every thought or action that comes into us. Our nature is to not be good. Our nature is to not function correctly. Our nature is of evil. And somehow, even through all of that, there's this loving, awesome God that still wants us and still desires us. Uh, I was uh, editing one of the podcasts, um, Genesis, one of, uh, it'll be Genesis 10. It should be up, pretty sure. Um, I think I think it's on the site now. Yeah, I put it up today, but I can't remember because I, I edited a few of them today. Oh, so what you're saying is it might be Genesis 11 you were listening to, or something else, or it could be one of the, the previous conversations. Okay, but but uh, we were talking about about thought life as well, and how we're we're I'm garbage. My, the actions that I have committed, the sins that I've actually physically committed, that somebody could look at and see that makes me garbage my thought life brings me even lower than garbage i don't know what's lower than garbage but it brings me even lower my thought life is criminal my thought life is or at least has been yeah 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 hopefully we're being renewed and growing getting better every day but yeah i'm with you absolutely but my thought life has been disgusting and i'm not i know i'm not the only one um i'm I'm okay. I'm I'm willing to be self-convicting. Uh, I'm sure there's people out there who are going to say, oh, no, not me. But if you really honestly look at your thoughts and your life, there are times. There are times. I'm not saying all the time, but there are times. Yeah. But knowing my thought life and the actions, the sins that I have done, and the fact that there is still a God, even that doesn't turn him away. And even th- he's not embarrassed. He's not embarrassed of that. Mm-hmm. He's not ashamed of that. He still wants me. He still desires me. That is what I'm trying to get out to the world. That's what I'm trying to explain. That is amazing. We do not deserve it. You do not deserve it. I do not deserve it. Yet it's still ours. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's... That, yeah, exactly. And uh, I told you a little bit before we started recording, but uh, this week... Um, an old Russ Taff song has been on my heart, uh, The Winds of Change. And, and, and that's why. I mean, the song basically says, you know, hey, look, I've been places I shouldn't have gone. I've seen things I shouldn't have seen. I've, uh, 
I, I've done a lot that I'm not proud of, but I've never gone so far that I've forgotten my way home. The best things always bring you back again. And just talking about that, that God, God is so much more wonderful. And we do have a tendency to go, I love you, God. I love you, God. I like, ooh, what's that? Yeah. What's that over there? Yeah. Oh, that looks amazing. I'm going to go check that. Ah, oh, stumble, fall, crash, bang, blown up, smoke in my face. And when we turn back around, God's always there going, did you get it? <laughs> did, have, you, have you figured it out yet? That that will never be as good? And and I, I've talked about this before, but uh, it's it's... The nation of Israel in the Old Testament is being replayed in all of our lives. It's, uh, God, we're in so much trouble. We need you. We need you. All right, I'm going to send these people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, gonna to defeat the enemy for you. I'm going to save you. I'm going to pull you out. Oh, thank you, God. We'll never, never turn away again. Now that we have you and prosperity and all of the, ooh, what's that over there? What's, and they slowly start walking away until they're back in bondage and they go, oh God, please, please, we need you. All right, I'm gonna pull, and he keeps doing it. He keeps saving them. And that's why I do. Um, I thank you, God, for second chances because how many times have I and the nation of Israel uh, and, and everyone on this planet gone, I swear to you, God, I will never leave you. What's that? And and then we're gone, just like that. Yeah, you said, thank God for second chances. I thank God for second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's been me in my life. You want me to do shout out now? Sure. I I didn't want to interrupt where this is going, but it seemed to be kind of a lull there. I thought this might be a good time. No, let's go for a shout out. And this is kind of along the same lines. Um, I almost feel guilty that I haven't done this one before. And, and, and I feel guilty because it hasn't occurred to me to do it before. Uh, but I know nobody out there listening really cares about this one. But again, these are personal. These are for me. I want to give a shout out to my parents. And I've just been, especially as we're talking about this right now, I've just been appreciating the fact that... Uh, Again, like everyone else I'm talking about, not picking on my parents, but they're not perfect. They screwed up. There are times in my life where I could look back and go, you know what, I think I got that. I think that they got that one wrong, you know, uh, just because, uh, and maybe I'm wrong. But I thank God, again, that they cared, they were seeking God, and they tried. And they've, and they still, they're, they loved me through my whole life. I don't know personally what it's like to have separated parents or abusive parents or, or any of that. I had a very fortunate childhood. Uh, I wasn't rich. Uh, wasn't didn't have all of the of everything I want. I was rebellious and stupid. I got in trouble. I didn't have the perfect childhood in the sense that I did everything right. But if I had the chance to go back and relive my life, knowing what I know now, uh, like we've all dreamed of, 
and I could change things and I could make certain things. Okay, this was wrong. I want to fix that. Uh, this is okay. I've experienced my life. That was wrong. I'd like to alter that. Uh, this was right. I'll keep that. And we could do that with our lives. I would not change my parents. Um, and I very often forget how special that is. And, and I'm saying that knowing that I'm sitting across from Brad, who has given his childhood experience, uh, living without a father, and has shared about how his mom hurt him as well when he was a child until he was able to reconcile with her and, and there was forgiveness and there was wonderful reunion uh, with, his, with his mother, but not during his childhood. And I, I, it feels weird to me. It really does to realize I'm a minority and that I had two loving parents my entire life, the same two loving parents my entire life. And, and it shocks me to see that that is not more common. And so I really, sometimes I take it for granted. So right here, right now on the microphone, I just want to say thank you to James and Judith Snyder. Um, I don't think they're listening. <laughs> uh, I've talked to them and they do listen to the podcast, but... They, they said they don't have enough time to listen to all of them, so they kind of stick to the Genesis podcast, so I don't think they listen to these conversations. But uh, uh, that's okay, because I will get a chance to tell you personally, and have told you personally, thank you, uh, even if you're not listening to this. Very nice. Yeah, our childhood situations are very, very different. And it's funny, because... You wouldn't change your parents, and honestly, I don't know if I would change mine because my situation made me who I am. And I don't know what would have happened if I had a normal situation would I've got to this point. Um, so it's just it's just interesting, uh, the perspectives. Um, that being said, I, I, I would definitely give a shout-out to my mom, um, my mom in heaven now. Um, you're right. When I was younger, uh, life was difficult. There was trauma. There was, it wasn't always easy, um, having to watch her deal with her addictions and, and, and the people that we lived with and just the whole situation wasn't good. But somewhere around, I can't remember the exact age that I was, but somewhere around my early 20s, 21, 22, everything changed. And I got a taste of what you're talking about, Scott. I got, I got a taste of what a parent who is loving and only has your best interest and wants you to succeed and will support you and will be your biggest cheerleader and, and all of that kind of stuff. That's who she became at that age after she beat her addictions, which I'll give her some credit for that too. That's not something that a lot of people can actually do. And so, you know, at that point in my life, it was, it was a, a mad dash to make up lost time and, 
and uh, that poor woman, I dragged her to Star Trek conventions, <laughs> and and I made her sit through a eight movie marathon of Star Wars movies. <laughs> <laughs> but she wanted to do it because she wanted to she wanted to be with me. Um, at her funeral, I, I I brought those things up. I talked about that, and I and it just dawned on me at that time that she didn't care about those things. She didn't care about the conventions and the movies and whatnot. She just wanted to be with me. And that just, you know, that just made me really happy. So I experienced it just much later, not as a child, (laughs) you know? Um, And I'm, as one thing in my life that I'm so glad and so thankful to God because it wasn't me. Um, when I was a when I was a younger man, I was very angry, bitter, jealous. Not uh, my wife has a tendency to tell me that she would have we we have a little bit of an age difference, and she likes to say that well, if we had gone to high school together, she would have liked me even then. And I'm like, no, no, you <laughs> wouldn't, because you don't know who I was at that age. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not somebody I'm proud of, but. Uh, one thing that I am thankful and proud is that I was able to reconcile with my mom. And I thank God all the time for that because we did. We made up for lost time, and it was wonderful. And I mm-hmm. did get to experience what having a loving parent is like. But uh, I will also shout out your parents, Scott, because they gave me you. <laughs> <laughs> we got to this point. Our lives got us to this point and now because of it look at all the blessings that we have so i will also thank them for their good work all right um i got a couple things that uh have kind of kind of hit me this week that i'd like to throw out there but i want to kind of give it back to you uh you got anything i kind of started that bit uh you got anything you want to talk about right now the only thing that well not the only thing there'll be other things but I always do that. I'll just say I have this one thing and then I have 10 things um, or only this one thing and then I have five. But I, I, my wife, um, she, uh, she, she is a believer in God, but she's not, she's not, Scott and I are studiers where we are um, looking for those hidden truths where we're trying to to find that relationship with God. And, and my wife is not there in her journey, uh, like that. Um, I like to think I've been a good influence on her, um, uh, cause we do have these conversations and, and I've seen her journey. Uh, I've seen her progress. I've seen her prosper. I've seen her see some of the things that I see. And that's very encouraging to me. Um, but one of the things that I have been trying to do um, is actually record the Bible, me reading the Bible, because uh, that's that's more interesting to her than reading it herself. She s- seems to like my voice. Um, but another thing that I did recently is I purchased a book just kind of on a whim, and it was called Eyewitness, The Visual Bible Experience. Now, I don't want to throw this out there as a replacement to Scripture, Um, Because you're not going to be able to look at this book and go, oh, yeah, I found the hidden meanings, hidden truths of God and and all that kind of stuff. It's not a good study tool. It's not anything like that. But 
as you, if you've listened to any of these podcasts, you know, I'm an emotional creature. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, uh, this eyewitness visual Bible experience did something I wasn't expecting it to do because, I mean, it literally says it's a visual Bible experience, but it got me in uh, an emotional um, area reading the, the chapters. Um, the whole idea is that artists from all around the world came together and, and did art for this Bible, uh, this visual Bible experience. And then the author, Jeff White, he... Uh, took characters from the Bible, and he wrote using Scripture as his basis. But like, but even he will tell you, don't don't. This does not replace Scripture. Do not use this as Scripture. Um, but uh, he kind of wrote a first person perspective of the characters in the Bible. And I have been reading each of these characters to my wife um, one a night, and then we've been looking at the. Uh, the uh, the art and everything like that, and I gotta say, um, reading some of them, like Eve, um, and seeing this first person perspective, getting an idea of what her thoughts are as she's, uh, you know, realizing that she's made the terrible, the, the biggest mistake of her life or any life, and uh, the longing that she had for what she had in the garden after she no longer had it. Oh, it broke my heart reading it. So if you're an emotional creature like me, um, if that's how you get your um, fulfillment, um, mm-hmm. is experiencing those emotions, I highly recommend it. Um, the art's cool too, but I also appreciate that inside look, inside the thought processes. And of course... We don't know what she actually thought, uh, right? But it's still a fascinating journey. Absolutely. And, and uh, along those lines, um, I I know what you mean. I haven't read that what you're talking about, but I agree with that. the The desire to bring out the emotional aspect of it is a very powerful thing, and and very good. It has its purpose. In in um. And you know this, Brad. In the uh, the final quest uh, from Rick Joyner, uh, he's he's inside this room with these beautiful jewels. At one point, uh, he he's inside the mountain of God, and he sees a blue gem, and he touches it, and it's filled with glory and you know of God, and it gets so powerful he has to back away after a while, and he touches a green gem. And he's filled with visions of the life of God, and it's wonderful and awesome, and, and it's so powerful after a while he has to back away. And, and then later, he touches a red stone, and it puts him right in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was praying the night before his crucifixion. And... and uh, I'm going to skip a lot of the story. The point of this is he ends up experiencing that. He ends up realizing that's one of the greatest treasures there, and he he relives that night as much as he can until he can't handle it anymore, and he has to stop. And it's just, just weeping, you know, for, for I don't know how long in the book, 
But I remember, for whatever you think about Mel Gibson and what he's done and, and people who are upset about him, when I went to go see The Passion of the Christ, someone asked me, you know, because you know, I had a lot of people asking me, is it any good? Because, you know, there's a lot of people who they don't trust what Hollywood has to say about, about God. And so they were very skeptical about this, even though it was it was separate, and you know there was a whole whole story about that. You know, it, you know Hollywood hated it, didn't want to make it. Mel Gibson had to do this on his own, and all of that. I came back, and one of the things I told people about it is, I said, it's not completely biblically accurate. It's not perfect. If you're looking for an absolutely perfect historical manuscript you know a perfect documentary of what actually happened but it's emotionally accurate and i told people that movie is the closest thing i can i I have come to to that redstone experience and and i'm also a playwright i you know i've written several plays same type of thing i wrote a play where the main character is given the chance to go back in time and become the executioner of Jesus. And when he comes back, he's just weeping, he's sobbing, I killed Jesus Christ. And the angel that sent him back, his last words are, everyone has, Jack. Everyone has. And that's the point I was trying to get across. And one of the things I said is, it's not historically accurate i don't believe jesus that the the exec, the literal executioner of jesus was someone who went back in time and did it i no i don't believe that it's a fantasy story but the emotion of the thing is was was accurate uh that was the desired effect so like you were saying brad you know you don't read this book and say this is scripture it's not shooting for that. It's what is the emotion of the character behind the story. And I like that because, and as you've mentioned before, Brad, uh, like uh, the Psalms. The Psalms, we tend to read them and go, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leadeth me, uh, line. You know, I mean, we, we have these boring, we have a tendency because, oh, this is a good point to go off of. Sorry, but interrupt me anytime, Brad. Jump in here. <laughs> uh, I'm just I'm just kind of free-flowing with thought now. I watched a documentary a while ago called uh, People versus George Lucas. And it was just talking about how there's, uh, have you seen it, Brad? No. Um, I read a book, um, Smart Pop series, where they, they basically put George Lucas on trial, but okay. that might be the same idea. It, it could be, but essentially the whole thing was talking about how, why was Star Wars so phenomenally popular? And we loved George Lucas for what he gave us. And now after the prequel trilogy, we hated him and, and uh, just reviled him for destroying what we loved and all that kind of thing. And, and, and I'm not going to get into a Star Wars uh, discussion here. Uh, that's not the point, you know, of someone saying, but I love the prequel trilogy. I don't care. That's not my <laughs> point. Um, but the one, of the one of the things that came out in this is there's one guy that in this documentary, and they're filming him, and he's standing up as, as almost like he's at a pulpit. 
and he's just you know yelling like like he's a preacher to the crowd and the crowd is amening along and they're all shouting and he is saying we grew up in the dead churches of our parents and we had no hope and no life and George Lucas gave us you know uh, uh, life and hope and everything and and it finally occurred to me because this has bugged me. I've seen this thing where people just hate and revile George Lucas for for several years, and that's why he sold off Lucasfilm to Disney. He's like, well, fine, I'm just done. You know, you people hate me no matter what I do. Here, it's in someone else's hands, and and he just walked away because of us hating on him as fans. And and I always wondered why these are just movies. Why are people acting this way? I, I could never understand. It's kind of the same way for me as, as like when your sports team loses. I'm like, okay, it's just a game. Why are you so crushed? And, and when I saw that documentary and I saw that guy saying that, it suddenly occurred to me. That's what it is. They made Star Wars their religion and George Lucas their God. And he could never live up to that but oh but that statement we grew up in the dead churches of our parents I went been there done that I know what you're talking about guys how many of us boy I'm off topic I'm all over the board aren't I that's the conversation that's the point (laughs) but that made me say how many of us grew up in that type of situation you know where you go i love god i do see him i i recognize he's god and i don't want to walk away but yeah oh god i do not want to go back to church oh god please don't make me go back to church why is it like that when he's the god of life and love and passion and glory that we hate to do anything with him i as a child we didn't really go to churches on a regular basis and so the few times that I would go into a church, I was actually petrified for multiple reasons. One, churches are kind of, well, at least to a kid with an overactive imagination, they're scary. They're yeah. usually not well lit. They're kind of more no. on, the, on the darker side. And You're right. And depending yeah. on where you go, it might be elaborate and, mm-hmm. and ornate and just kind of almost almost like a gothic horror film that mm-hmm. you're walking into. Yeah. I, I, I never really like to be alone in uh, churches. And of course... Uh, a lot of the times when I was younger, the reason that we were going into a church was because it was for a funeral. Mm-hmm. So that also is, you know, creepy as a, to a child. Um, but also, the few times that I actually attended a service, I was personally terrified because I was always afraid they they would know I was an outsider. I was yeah. afraid that I wouldn't sing the song correctly, or or I I used to be afraid. Um, my family family is Catholic. And I was afraid that I would do, I would cross myself wrong. I would go to the right instead of the left, to the left instead of the right. And uh-huh. people would be like, it's him. Get him out of here. He's, you know, he's, he's not one of us. And how many of us have felt like that? Like you are an outsider. You don't belong. And everyone there is judging you and wishing you weren't here. Because so many of our churches have become nothing but country clubs for people who can't afford country clubs. And, and uh, oh my goodness, I could go off on this. I should stop there. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. It, 
it can be a frightening thing to a kid, not a, not a wonderful thing. Why isn't it a wonderful thing? Why did we get to that point? It frustrates me. Uh, me too. Um, especially because looking back now, I want those experiences. I want a huge, a huge, large church family. Yeah. Uh, that I can share. Not, not that I don't enjoy my time with you, Scott, but no. I want to be able to go and 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 share my love and excitement with. I miss that too. You know, with many people, and I just I I personally have not been able to find that in any church that I've yeah. gone to. I might I might be uh, I might think oh maybe maybe here. But then you actually attend a service and you start to see, no, no, the cracks are there. They're, they're uh-huh. just the same as every other one. Now, each individual group uh, and body is different from every other group. And I don't want to sound like I'm condemning every single person and every single group out there. But guys, no matter where you're from, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, even if you're experiencing it personally on a different level or not as much, you know it exists. You know I'm not making it up. That there's so much lifelessness, and and one of the things is uh, one of the problems is almost a hundred percent of us don't want to admit that it's us. Well, that, that, I, yeah, I totally see what you're saying. That's that church down the street and it's that group over there. It's not me. No, no, I'm, you know, and, uh, that's one of the reasons, but, uh, I, I know people who say their denomination is that, is not that way, but others are, mm-hmm. you know, I have, I've known Presbyterians that are very hardcore Presbyterian. Um, and no, no, we don't have any faults. No, we're the, we're, we're the chosen ones, <laughs> you know? And it's like, no, no, I've been to your services too. I, I feel the same way. Now, that being said, I know there are pastors out there that give awesome services and they do have the emotion and the love. Mm-hmm. I just don't necessarily think we need to sit there and be quiet and listen to one person. Right. You know, I think we should all be able to, um, have passion and love and be able to celebrate and, and do it the way that we do it. Mm -hmm. God doesn't want us all to do all. He doesn't want us to worship him all the same way. He gave each one of us personalities and talents and skills. And so if you're a photographer, he wants you to glorify him with your photography. If you're a musician, he wants you to glorify him with your music. If you're an artist, he wants you to paint or draw or whatever with your gift um, if you're like us, if you're a storyteller like Scott, he wants Scott to tell his stories. If, um, if he's, if for like me, it's that emotional stuff, being able to get in there, uh, on an emotional level with somebody, that's what I'm supposed to do. We're, yeah. you know, there's some people that are meant to connect, go out into the street and grab people by the collar and say, Jesus loves you and I love you too. There are some people that are meant to never touch another person in that way in their lives. And they're supposed to be, you know, in their prayer closet, being that warrior, being that unknown soldier fighting in spiritual warfare for everyone else and being that support. There are uh, CEOs and ditch diggers. There are... Uh, athletes and accountants were were all designed by God for different purposes to be the body. 
you should never feel bad to be who you are that God made you to be. But God did make you. Why aren't we celebrating that? Why aren't we rejoicing in that? And even if you say, well, I'm not a rejoicer. I'm a very calm person. Okay, that's fine. Then why aren't you passionately, you know, to yourself, even silently, but why aren't you embracing him and appreciating instead of it's just become duty and, and religion. And that's why I hate that word. And it's just lifeless. I've heard uh, people in churches that I've been that I've gone to before that have literally said this. Oh, church is just that thing I have to do before I get to watch football. Yeah, you know, and that's this. It's so wrong. That's it, not. Uh, if, if that's what you believe that church is, then I would suggest that you need to. Uh, to get down in prayer, and you need to ask God to show you who he really is. Okay, next thing I'm just going to jump into, because I don't want to beat a dead horse and keep going on this, because I know we've talked about it in other podcasts too, and I don't want every single one to be going, oh, great, they're talking about that again. Uh, but I'll, uh, something that hit me the other day is uh, patience. Patience. Uh I've heard people say, and I like it said this way, patience is a weapon. Patience is a a, a powerful weapon because uh, Satan wants you to feel like it's not going to happen. Give up now. Patience, just trusting in God and saying, no, it's coming. It's coming. I don't see it yet, but I trust him and I'm, I'm holding on to it like it's here right now. Patience is awesome. And I agree with that. I'm not denying that at all, but... There comes a time, patience has its time. There comes a time when, no, be impatient, dig in. And what the way I mean that is this. If you're waiting for supper, be patient, it's coming. If you, if you go out to eat, be patient. You know, it's on its way. Well, they have a problem in the, the kitchen, it's gonna be delayed. Okay, be patient, it's coming. Uh, we're at home and, and they're preparing Thanksgiving dinner, uh, you know, oh, and I can't wait to dig in. But be patient. It's going to be here. The food is coming. Be patient. But once the food is here, once the feast is set, dig in. Uh, I think sometimes we have too many people who they keep being patient when it's not time to be patient anymore. Enjoy it. You know, just dive in. Have it. It's here. Uh, love it. And and it kind of uh, it kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about the lifelessness. I think we've got a lot of pious Christians just waiting, waiting, waiting. You know, God, one day I'll be in heaven, and then no, no, no. God gave you Himself right now. Enjoy Him. Uh, yes, there are things we need to be patient about. Patience is a virtue. Patience is awesome. I'm not saying give up on patience. But sometimes it's like, you know what? You were patient. Now it's here. Have fun with it. And we don't want to do that. We keep living in the dullard moment. So I'm going to start out by saying 
uh, practice what you preach, Brad. But because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not always the very patient person. Um, I've definitely have gotten a lot better with that over the years. But and when I mean, I guess I have a lot of patience with people. Um, I have a lot of patience. Uh, if I have to wait for the doctor to come in or whatnot, you know, like I, in those kind of situations, I don't necessarily, I'm not always necessarily the most or very patient when it comes to individual situations, um, or something I'm super excited about. I want it here now, you know, <laughs> um, one of those, uh, is revelation. I want him here now, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not necessarily very patient about that. Um, as I'm talking, though, I'm realizing I have gotten a lot better with this over the years. But I do. I am a firm believer that sometimes there are opportunities that will just come to you because God will make it come to you, and you are patient, and 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 He worked it out in His time. But I do very much believe that there are times where we're going to get to heaven, and God's going to go, "Why didn't you act?" you you were you were patient in this in this situation but i i needed you to act i needed you to move so it, i guess what i'm trying to say is use wisdom too yes enjoy god now yes enjoy thanksgiving dinner when it gets there that's your that's your reward for being patient but I stepped away to get some water, but so much of that I wanted to shout, amen, that's right, go, go, keep going. Because <laughs> as Scott, Scott, I think, has probably mentioned, at least to me, I'm sure it's brought, been brought up in the podcast at some point, but um, he's been very helpful to remind me of this. Sometimes we're meant to camp. Sometimes we're meant to march. And it's really the wisdom that will help you decide what you're supposed to be doing. So, yeah, absolutely. Be patient. Or if wisdom is telling you, no, 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 this is a situation where I, I just can't be patient. I got to act and mm-hmm. act. Yeah, no, you're right. We constantly need to be in God's flow of things and listening to God's voice every moment of our lives and being obedient to where he wants us. And when we're not, we screw up, even if we're trying to do the right thing. <laughs> if God says, you camp right here and and you don't go anywhere i have something that you need to learn and we're fighting the enemy and we wonder why we're failing when we we're we're doing the work of god how could we be failing god has succeeded and god is victorious because god is not telling you that's where you needed to go uh paul even paul the apostle paul said i'm going to asia and I'm going to teach everybody. And God came to him to a dream and said, no, you're not. That's not where I want you. Now, if Paul had said, if Paul had woken up and said, I'm still going to Asia. That's where I want to go. Then he would have failed. God does, was not his plan for Paul. Uh, and we'd be saying, you know, man, what a, what a colossal failure Paul was. Instead of, you know, this... Uh, high man of God that we we think of him uh, from all of the biblical stories of him. I mean, just think of that. How many of us are doing God's will, but not in God's will? You know. Yeah, it made me laugh because I, when you were saying that, it made me think of a meme that I saw, and it's this guy who's fallen down stairs and he's, you know, all twisted and 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 
just looks like, oh, that's not a good situation. And the caption's basically me trying to sort out my life without God. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah, uh, it's it's very true. But no, I, I totally get what you mean. I... I've had this, I, I've mentioned this in the other in other podcasts, I won't go too deep into it, but there were times where I realized that a prayer got answered sometimes years after I prayed it, Uh huh. Y- you know, and I remember some of those situations going in the, like the next day, like, okay, nothing changed, nothing happened, I guess that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, it did, but it happens in God's time, and because... Mm-hmm. God knows better than we do. Well, I'll preach that every time if I have to, but God knows better than we do. When is the best time? And uh, and I thank him for that, even if I haven't always been the most patient. <laughs> um, something else along those lines. I thought I was just considering, yeah, as I was pondering some stuff, uh, is that, you know, to everything there is a season. And uh, the Bible talks about that. And there's... A time for love and a time for war. And that, it just hit me at that moment that there's not always a time for love. And uh, that's, I was kind of thinking of that as um, we mentioned in a previous podcast, some things that sound religious but aren't. Uh, They're actually contrary to the will of God. And... It made me think, you know, how many times we uh, push for something and uh, we push for a peaceful solution uh, when actually it's a it's a time of war. And now don't misunderstand. I am not encouraging people to riot in the streets and take up weapons and arms and and go hurt people in the name of God. Uh, But that that song War, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Drives me nuts, honestly, because it's wrong. But to disagree with that sentiment in today's society will get you labeled as a hater because there is a time for war. Now, this is what I'm talking about. If you say, if you're out there going, no, you're wrong, there is never a time, there is never a good reason to go to war then you're effectively saying we should be under Nazi control right now because we should not have risen up against them. That was not a good reason to go to war. We should have rolled over and let them conquer us. Uh, if, if you're saying there is never a good time for war, you're saying we in America, the United States of America, should still be a British colony. Uh, we never, never should have rebelled there should never have been an American independence, you know, war for independence. If you're saying there is never a good reason to go to war, you're saying a lot of evil, evil, evil people in history should have won and, and should have conquered and should have destroyed us. There is a time for war, but it needs to be in God's, in, with, with, in God's timing, in God's way. Now, those are all physical examples. Uh, as we've talked about here many times, I believe that you know physical examples reveal spiritual truths. 
I believe God's war is, is in Ephesians 6, uh, where it talks about we fight against principalities and powers, rulers in dark places. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. Again, I do not want this to sound like I'm uh, raising up. I'm, this is a call to arms for everyone to rise up and riot and revolt. This is a call to spiritual arms to rise up and revolt. Revolt against the darkness. Hit your knees. Uh, uh, attack the enemy in prayer. Attack the enemy uh, with the, the true power of God. Not your hate speech. Not your weapons. But there is a time to say, no, that needs to die. And we go into spiritual warfare with that thing, not physical warfare. There is a time for war. That's sometimes a painful thing to accept, but there is an enemy that must die. Sometimes the enemy is us. Sometimes the one you need to go to war with is yourself. There's, a, there's an ancient Indian story, proverb, that uh, I always think about. Uh, and it comes down to there, are, and everyone, a lot of people have heard this in, in different ways, but uh, every, every one of us has two wolves within, our side, within each of us, one good and one bad. The one that wins is the one you feed. And I've thought about that. I heard that as a young child, and I've thought about that through my whole life. And it's a, it's a Jekyll Hyde situation in each of us that which one are you going to give the ability, uh, the strength, the food, the power to win in your life? There is a war in each of us. There, there, there's many wars going on, uh, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, that we do not need to back away from. I don't know. Uh, again, that was kind of a ramble rant, but uh, sorry. Go ahead, Brad. <laughs> nope, I liked it because it's it is very true, very true to me. There are times I struggle with uh, the physical wars. How do you reconcile that one? But even even if I was told I have to go to war against. Um, um, an Islam country uh, or something like that. And I now am being told these are my enemy. I struggle with this because no, they're still human beings. Every single one of them has the same chance to be saved that I do. Mm-hmm. If I end their life, I might have stopped their chance of being saved. That's how I always see it. The real war to me is not on the physical battleground. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to take this person out because they have a different belief because uh, uh, we want their territory, whatever it might be. I don't care. I see that as a, no, I need to go to war, but you're right, Scott. We got to go into spiritual warfare because I want to save that person. Yes. Whatever, whatever belief that they have that's controlling them, I want that to die. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that yeah. I've always always struggled with. But I do believe that there is, uh, for, for protecting what's yours, uh, for what's protecting your country, your nation, any of those kind of things, 
I think that, yes, sometimes we do have to go into physical war. And yes, sometimes it might be necessary to have to kill someone else to protect what's ours. Mm -hmm. But I still, I could never, I don't know how I could reconcile that knowing that I possibly stop somebody from finding salvation. To right. me that to me that's just terrifying. No, I, I no, I totally understand. And I'm with you. I'm boy, this this got into a weird area here. <laughs> uh just because again, I am not this is not a call to arms to go hate people and and bring, you know, go get your guns. Let's all band together and and go kill something. Uh that's not what this is. But, I, uh, but it, real yeah. quick, I love that idea. If th- if this was a call for let's all hit our knees, yeah, uh-huh. y- yeah, leave your weapons behind. Let's all hit our knees and let's get down in some serious prayer and some serious spiritual warfare. I love that picture. There's, a, a, I don't know why the memes are popping back in my head, but <laughs> <laughs> there's there's uh, another one that just shows like. Uh, uh, it's it's like at a sporting event or something like that. It just shows a group of people um, holding hands and they're all praying pr- praying the Lord's prayer. And then the next image shows like Spartan warriors going into battle or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's like how I feel after saying the Lord's prayer or whatever. It's, it's 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 so true. There have been times where I have left a prayer session. This was one time at church. I had a great experience. It was just that. It was. Uh, I was actually on the session of a Presbyterian church and we were all in our session meeting and we all bowed our heads and we were all just saying the Lord's prayer and we were in unison and I opened my eyes for just a moment and I looked around and I was like, wow, if it could just be more of this, if we could just come together and pray uh, and, and, and take care of business this way, I did. I felt very, very empowered and I left that meeting feeling hopeful. <laughs> yeah. Not not many of them did I leave feeling hopeful, but that one I did and it was just because of that. It was just like when this many people and we weren't a whole lot, or six of us, but when this many people are all reserved to tackling this one issue and we're doing it in prayer, wow, it really is powerful. So if that's the image you're trying to give, Scott, yeah, that we're it's a call to action. Let's all hit our knees and let's all get down into some serious spiritual warfare. Oh, sign me up! But again, um, we live in the physical world. It's easier to understand physical elements, so that's why I bring up things like World War II, or you know, uh, again, if you say the war was as good for absolutely nothing, then you're saying that uh, the black population of this country, at least in the South, should still be slaves, and we should be a split country. Because we never should have, you know, gone to war to keep this country together and to set the slaves free. Uh, that's, you know, nope, shouldn't have happened. War is not good for anything. All the black people should still be slaves because, you know, that's, that's the way it is. War, war, you can't justify it. And, and it drives me nuts to hear things like this. But when people go along with that, it sounds spiritual. It sounds holy. It sounds like a good thing because they don't know what they're saying. And in the physical, if you can see that, uh, if you can recognize, no, 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 I I see why this had to happen. Uh, If you can see why uh, 
a police officer uh, had to use violence in a situation to save someone who was about to be killed by a psycho madman or whatever. If you can see in a certain situation where a group of soldiers uh, raided an enemy camp uh, who was about to kill innocent civilians and saved their lives, uh, we can see these pictures and that, if we, if we get it and we understand it, then we can translate that into the spiritual and go, I see what's happening here. And that leads me into something else. And I told Brad about this earlier. I've been on a latch hook craze lately. Uh, now, I've always enjoyed latch hook as a kid. Uh, you know, growing up, it's, it's kind of a, it's just a peaceful thing for me. And I could get more into that, but I'm not going to. I'm not, because I'm boring enough as it is. I'm not going to describe latch hook of all things. Uh, but the, the single piece of yarn, putting it in one piece at a time, boy, this goes along with both things. It goes along with patience uh, and what we've been talking about. But it just hit me the other day because I've been struggling lately with prayer and, and how much it means. What am I actually accomplishing? And it was like in the middle of this latch hook, God said, this is what you're accomplishing. And it was like, I started to pray. Uh, I, I started to pray in tongues with each piece going in and just releasing it as an individual prayer that I didn't know what it was for. And that just struck me. It's like God led me to that revelation that each little piece, it's if you didn't have the whole picture in front, you're just putting in one piece in its place, it would be very, very difficult to see why it mattered, what it accomplished. It's not until the entire thing is done that you see the picture you've created and you get why each piece mattered. And it was like God was just telling me, this is prayer warfare. Each little piece, sometimes it's difficult to see why it mattered. Uh, each little prayer, each little moment. And he just gave me that, that realization that your prayer, your single prayer was one piece in a much larger picture and it needed to be there. And I don't know if that helps you, but that really helped me at that moment. It just helped solidify the, the power behind it and, and how much it actually mattered, even if I never get why, even if I never see the picture. No, you had told me that um, a couple days ago, and yeah, I just thought that was a beautiful image, and it's so true. There are times where I didn't even know what I was praying. Mm-hmm. I was just driving, and I'm like, oh, there's a person. I'll just pray for them. I have no clue who they are. Yeah. I have no clue what their situation is. I just, I literally am just in passing and I'll just, I don't know God what's going on in their life, but I offer them some sort of blessing, something to go right for them. And who knows, that might be the little thread of uh-huh. a much bigger picture in their life, you know? Yeah. Cause I don't, I have no idea, but God does. And maybe God, I, and I do believe this, God will put people in places they need to be. And so mm-hmm. maybe in that moment, God put me in that place because that person 
needed someone who didn't even know them to just pray something, pray a blessing instead of a curse into their life. I'm wrestling with a cat who wants to get into the mic. (laughs) I can testify to that. The cat is climbing on him. I want your face. (laughs) The pot, the the pot, the the pod catsters, as we call them. (laughs) Oh, well, Scott, we're going, uh, even after editing, we're probably past the hour mark. Okay. I was wondering, I thought we were kind of wrapping this up or should be wrapping it up about now. Well, and I think, I think that was a good, a good image that you put there at the end. Um, and yeah, I'll say it. I'm not self-graduating, but another good one. It, it, uh, it got deep in certain spots, but, uh, but as always, we're just trying to glorify God in, in, in all of his ways and trying to get people to know him and to uh, chase that relationship that we're chasing. And sometimes that means we got to go deep. Sometimes that means we get to have fun. I was just making that comparison in the last podcast. It was about this same time at night, and I was being really goofy. <laughs> last conversation one. Yep. <laughs> and then this one was a little more serious, but uh, that's okay. As always, this is Brad. And this is Scott, and this is not about us.